In this episode of Encourage Inspire Podcast, I'm joined by hip-hop artist and one half of the hip-hop duo Smiles and South Star, Rob South Star Cameron. Rob and I begin the episode talking about how we've had a great relationship for a very long time, and it's not always about speaking every day, but the fact that having a great energy and genuineness within the relationship is what it's all about. Rob shares that he was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, but grew up in LA, and then after the Northeast earthquake, he moved to New Jersey and then to Orlando. Rob and I talk about him first loving hip-hop at the age of 11 and how he fell in love with the culture. He shares that he always loved music and that his first record he remembers really loving was N.W.A.'s Boys in the Hood, as well as many of the great West Coast rap that was out at the time. He remembers at that time there was no one in hip-hop that really looked like him, so he never really thought that pursuing a career in music was truly an option. Rob shares that he was an avid music collector, which started from him working in a local record store called Peaches Music in Orlando. He says that... At the time, they would allow you to open the CD and listen to the whole album before you purchased it, which is much different from today's era where a music consumer has instant access to the new releases that come out of the marketplace. I share that during the time, you would see three or four singles drop before the album was ever released, and really the album cuts were the ones that consumers really wanted to hear. Rob shares that he would learn the lyrics to his favorite songs by writing them down, which he actually credits with learned the bar structure for his own rhymes later on. Rob talks about him doing an open mic contest where he and a friend got on stage and rapped to a Rockwilder beat and won the contest. He shares that after he got off stage, everyone's coming up to him and saying that they didn't know he rapped and he was like, neither did he. He credits that experience as his first introduction to being a performing artist. Rob and I talk about him being signed to a local indie record label one of his songs being in the indie top 10 on a pirate radio session called 95 Live. Rob shares that he just really loved the craft of writing raps and trying to make each song better than the last. He never imagined achieving what would ultimately happen later, especially him being an aged kid from Orlando. Rob and I talk about how indie artists not uh, not being able to be played on terrestrial radio unless it was an, inside of a mix show. I asked Rob how he first met Smiles, and Rob shares that he saw him during a local performance and was really impressed by his stage presence, and he told him that they should do a record together. He would always see Smiles during them both opening up for artists when they would come through Orlando. Rob shares the big opportunity to work with Smiles didn't happen until he met media producer Dakari, who was an in-house producer with Transcon Records, which was the record label owned by Lou Pearlman. He shares that Dakari gave him and Smiles a bunch of tracks, and they would come to, to the studio every day to knock out songs and then one day the car approached them both with the opportunity to do a production deal and that is what birthed them as an official group. I shared with Rob that I always wondered why I would never see them both together out and about in the city and Rob says the reason that most people would never see them together is because when they would be home off the road they both wanted to do their own thing because there were so many times they wouldn't get to spend with other important people in their lives, and also, quite frankly, they'd be tired sometimes of being around each other every day because they would always spend the time together working. Rob and I share, Rob and I talk about Descartes putting him in smiles through artist development and teaching him the value of, of work ethic and strong performance and always being prepared. Rob shares that Lou wasn't really a hip-hop guy, but because he loved Descartes so much, he trusted him to let him, let Smiles and South Star be his baby. Rob and I talk about Smiles and South Star being signed to Transcon Records via a production deal and then being shopped and signed to arts directors and official record label. 
Bob shares what the difference is between a production label deal versus a record label deal. He says that a production label is the entity that helps to put the songs together, and then the label is responsible for the marketing, promotion, sales, etc. Rob says that the record label also has a, has a distribution deal that helps to make sure the album is able to be mass distributed. Rob says that their first single was entitled Who Wants This? And a radio DJ in Fort Myers, Florida named 007 received the single on a, on a vinyl that was white labeled. Rob shares that the program director was at their performance and as they were the opening act for Kaya, it took them back to the radio station to play their single 20 times in a row. Rob said that that was huge for them because they were absolutely unknown during that time. Rob and I talk about the single Tell, Tell Me, which Rob said was life-changing. I asked about the success of the single and if it helped to translate into global success. Rob shared that they released an album in Japan, but they never got an opportunity to go to Europe and really do a whole lot globally. I talk about the impact that BET Wonders and Park had on urban youth culture based in the early 2000s with shows like TRL for young black and brown teens who come from under, underprivileged communities to see people who looked and talked like those they saw every day was really amazing culturally. Rob shares that getting on Wonders and Park and being able to perform their hit single really helped to stamp them as a group. I share that they have really been the only hip-hop group to achieve the type of success. Rob shares that he still doesn't think any group, even to this day, has come close to the, the success of a top 40 Billboard record out of Orlando. Rob shares that you have to be ready to take advantage of every opportunity that happens when you have a hit record. Success is really about everything coming together and working cohesively, and that's truly what the difference is. The difference was back then and still holds true today as well. Rob talks about music being his main source of income from about eight years, from 2000 to 2008. Rob shares that they left Arts Direct, the Arts Direct label and signed a deal with Pure Records, which was an indie label distributed by Steve Rifkin and Universal. Rob shared that they had a second album, that they had a second album that if it had the opportunity to be released would have really shown their growth because he felt they had really come in their own, into their own and figured out their own sound. Rob shares that in 2008, is when the recession and the labor really stopped investing into their next project. Rob feels that whole year was a, was the group transitioning. As Miles decided to release a solo project with Dakari, Rob shares that in 2009 is when he decided to leave music alone because he just really didn't enjoy the business side of it anymore. He shares that doing music was never about the money for him. He released a solo mixtape in 2015, and when he gets inspired to do music is when he actually will put something together, and that's been his mindset. Rob shares that when he gives advice to artists today, he often tells them that they have to love it because if they don't genuinely love it, there will be a million reasons to quit. Rob and I talk about in order to achieve success today, if they build a strong, concentrated community of support, and as opposed to when Rob was coming up, it was more about building a wider audience. Rob shares that artists today have to know what their goals are because if even though it's much easier to release and put out put music out. It's much more saturated. Rob shares that back then, artists needed record companies, so it was really about signing the best deal possible. Rob shares that back in the record label days, artists didn't have to come out of pocket the way they do now. When artists sign a record deal today, they actually partner with the label. Rob and I end the episode talking about which is better, being indie or major. Rob shares that when you look at the charts of who's on top today, it's always mostly an artist who has a major record label backing them. I share about the importance of ownership when it comes to intellectual property and how much that matters to an artist today. Rob says that when it comes to negotiation, the one who has the ability to walk away is the one with the real power. Rob says that he will gladly give up 70% of the pie if it means that he's going to come out 
of the deal better than where he started. He feels there are too many people who are worried about having 100% of ownership of something but not be set up to capitalize in the best way possible. Rob and I talk about what he appreciates about the music ecosystem today is that there are way more opportunities to make a living today and he feels that that's really dope. Rob feels that age does matter but doesn't in a way because like basketball, hip-hop is a young man's game. Although the genre itself has gotten older, he shares that when he was coming up, there weren't many older hip-hop fans like there are today and that's a beautiful thing. Rob shares that he recently opened a mortgage office in downtown Orlando. He says that he's been in the mortgage industry for about 11 years. He made the choice to get into the mortgage business after he decided to transition from music. He shares that he enjoys learning about finances and knowing what he knows now when he's definitely invested much more in stocks than jerseys. He also took a coaching job coaching high school basketball as well as starting a golf league. Rob feels that he's his he's at the stage of his life where yes it's important to make money but it's even more important making a difference and doing something that's true. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Going on, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Encourage Inspire Podcast. This is episode twenty-three, and I got my guy Rob Southstar Campman on the on my podcast today. This is gonna be <laughs> dope, man. Orlando, stand up for seven. The real, what's up. good, man? What's good, bro? Chilling, man. Appreciate you for having me. Hey, man. Thank you for doing this, man. You know, um, this podcast is about. I usually cover three things on, on on my podcast. So one of three topics, mm-hmm. disability aware, awareness, because I want people to know what it's like to live with a disability and what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Yep. Two music business topics that can help independent artists. And three people's stories that I think inspire and encourage me to have a story in. And um, you're one of those guys I've always, always had a lot of respect for. And, and I'm glad we're able to sit down and have a conversation and uh, you know, tell a little about your story, and hopefully drop some gems for the new artists today. Thank well, I you. appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I said, man, I've been I've been in the city a long time, man. Been around a lot, watched it grow, and and you know, salute to you as well, man. You've been around a long time doing it, man. Right, right. Yeah, I've been doing this since two thousand four. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's two thousand four. Man, is when I originally got in the game and really been working with artists specifically since two thousand five. So, but uh, and it's, it's what I love to do, man. I, I always say music and entertainment found me. I did not find it. I did not intend to be in this industry, but I'm so glad I am because it's really what I love at the end right. of the day. It's people and relationships, you know, yeah. and that's what I'm great at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are, man. man. We've been, we've had a relationship for years. For a long it's time. About, right. And like I said, it ain't even about just, you know, staying in touch or anything like that. A lot of times it's just the, the, the energy and, and, and the genuineness of it. So I exactly. appreciate that, man. Exactly, man. Exactly. So, yeah, man. So, so, so where are you, where are you, originally, you're not originally from Orlando. Where are you originally from? No, nah, no, nah, uh, I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. You know, I, I don't, I don't know much about it. I moved from there when I was like a baby. 
Um, but I grew up in Southern California. So I grew up in LA, you know, uh, Culver City, Van Nuys, Sherman Oaks, San Fernando Valley. Um, I moved from California when I was, man, I want to say maybe 11 or 12. And then we moved, we packed up after the Northridge earthquake in okay. 92, I think. Okay. And um, we moved cross country to Jersey City, New Jersey. So I lived there for two years. I did my freshman year of high school up there. And then uh, my sophomore year of high school, I moved down to Orlando, Florida. I've been in Orlando since 95. So, I mean, in, in all honesty, I'm a Floridian, you know, like right, to think right. about how long I'm about to spend more than half my life here. Same here with me. You know, I'm originally from yeah. Brooklyn, New York, but all I know is Orlando. I've been here since 93. Yeah. I was seven when I moved here. I'm 35. So, well over half my life being here, man. You still got the, you still got the Brooklyn accent, though, when you said That's Brooklyn, when people tell me that. Huh? <laughs> when you said Brooklyn, New York, I was like, oh, New York, okay. <laughs> yeah, man, people, people tell me that, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, so tell me. So what was your first – did you always know you want to be in music? How did, how did you – what's your earliest introductions to music, man? Nah, I, I mean, I don't – I've always loved music, you know, like, I don't know if I ever was like, you know, I'm gonna be an artist or, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know if I had the talent to do it, to be honest. It wasn't like I, you know, I didn't grow up in a musical family like that. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was in the church singing or, or anything like that, you know, like your typical musical right. family stories. Right. Right. But I grew up, I, I love hip hop. You know, I right. grew up listening to hip hop. I, I just, I fell in love with hip hop. I want to say maybe when I was like, as maybe like 10 years old, 11 years old, man. And, and it was, it was like, that was when it was bad to listen to hip hop, you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so like it used to be like, I would like have stuff on and listen to the headphone. And then, you know, I would get called listening to it. Like, what are you listening to that? That gangster rap music and all that. Right, right, right. Um, right. I will get in trouble. You know, I would, I would wear like, you know, baggy dress like them, but you know, just, just love the culture. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, and, and early on when I was younger, I was into, you know, graffiti, you know, tagging, graphing and stuff like that. That that was something I enjoyed when I was like a kid. I even got in trouble for doing it, you know, as a kid, like, you know, tagging on walls and buses and stuff in LA. I mean, LA is a big thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't see it as much here in Florida, but definitely New York, LA. Right. You know, big markets with that was a big thing. And um and rap music is just something that, you know, I kind of just I don't know. I I kind of just fell in love with the the music itself. You know, I I think if I, I'm trying to think back, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed music. So, you know, you growing up, you listen, you know, Bobby Brown, you know, you know, like that, that kind of yeah. age. Yeah. Of, um, you know, Michael Jackson when you're younger, you know, <laughs> yeah. like music, right? Yeah. Um, but then when hip hop came around, man, I think I want to say probably like the first hip hop record that I can probably remember like way back to as a kid. And and remember, I'm living in, in L.A. Right. Was um probably. um. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard, you know. Like I remember, right? Like, and, like, and, and, right. And it was like the biggest record in, in LA, right? And we like fifth graders, like, cause the boys in the hood are always <laughs> right. hard. You know what I'm saying? We right. like, I'm not even knowing what we're talking about. Exactly. I mean? and, you just, um, it's dope. It's just ever, dope. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and ever since then, you know, I, you know, of course, then you know, being on the West Coast, you know, you're around the NWA, you know, the Ice Cube, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, even if you, you know, even if you. You know, of course, you get to the Dre, the Snoop era. Right. Um, but even, you know, Alcoholics, you know, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Souls of Mischief. Like, Souls you know, a lot mischief. of those guys. Like, I grew up, you know, this is how to we chill. I know that record. Yeah. And I mean, I <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite joints, J. Cole just killed the beat. I was like, bro, I love I love that record. That's like one yeah, of my favorite yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, that was probably like my first introduction to to hip hop, you know, as mm -hmm. far as the music form of it. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And I just love, I loved it ever since the, I first heard it, you know, and it, it just, beca- and, and I don't even know, I, I don't even know what it was that grasped me in. I think it was just that when I'm like hearing the stories and, you know, the things that they're talking about, and then you're kind of like in your environment, kind of like, is he talking about us? You know, like right. you're seeing some of these things. So you just start relating to it. Like, Oh, I know, I know what he's talking about. I understand. You know? And it's like, of course I'm like 10, 11, you don't know everything. You know, you can't relate to everything they're talking about, right? but some of the stuff, you know, you start relating to. And, um, and yeah, man, like it just, it's just something I fell in love with listening. And, I, and I've been a hip hop fan like ever since. And that, that, that's dope. So tell me, so, uh, so did you start writing rhymes at an early age? Like what was your, yeah. when did you start writing so, rhymes? So it's funny. People ask me this this question multiple times, right? It's like, again, never thought I'd be a rapper. Right. Never a million dreams. First of all, I, I was like, we go get we go get to that whole because what I want to talk yeah. about too is kind of because you come from the old system. That's not yeah, yeah. You yeah. come from the old record label driven space. Yeah. And I want to get yeah. into that a little bit later, but we're gonna we gonna get Yeah, there. we'll talk about that. But yeah, I mean, like I said, like, you know, I mean, I was, you know, when I look at rap and the artists that are out, I'm like, they ain't no eight guys that look like me. You know what I mean? right. so like, like I thought I was gonna be a rapper, you know what I mean? Right. But I loved hip hop. I, I I used to always want to learn the song. So you know, either by playing it a lot, maybe I find something I like. But one of the things I started doing in high school, you know, because I, I was a big music collector. Okay. You know, and one of the first jobs that I that I had after high school, I think I might have even been working during like my senior high school, was this place called Peaches Music in here in Orlando. And it was like a music store. Okay, I don't um, remember that spot. Okay, maybe I'm, yeah, it's like yeah. You, you, you. This is like we talking like ninety seven. Okay, know, like, I was young. I was about twelve. Right? <laughs> um, and so shout out to all the people that know Peaches Music because if they do, it was like the one spot that you can actually go there and be like, oh, I want. And they would open the CD before you let you listen to it before you buy it. And oh, you want dope. To wrap it back up, put it back, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was. It was like a dope music. It was like a pretty big chain too at the time you know, back when CD stores were, you know, pretty big deals. So right. I was a real big music guy and I would collect CDs and, you know, even tapes before CDs came around. Um, but more when it came to hip hop, you know, obviously more CDs because CDs started coming out. Right. And I used to have like every, every hip hop album, you know, Tuesdays was a release day. It was like, right. out today? Oh, I got to get the, I got to get the new DMX. I got to get right. this new album. I got it. And, and, and because back then, you know, you didn't have, instant access you know so you right. had to get the album you had to wait line. You, just, I mean, you had to yeah there, was, yeah, exactly. there was a there was a hole in this thing about man tuesday yeah. we gotta be in the lines and we gotta wait for music these kids today don't mm-hmm. know nothing about that you and, know and what I mean? is, you know if you don't, some some of these albums they sell out you know yeah. and then you gotta wait till they restock yeah so yeah um so yeah so i mean and 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 again like even to talk on that you know nowadays you can hear a whole album right away on your phone instantaneously before you, right, before back you then, buy it right if right. you didn't have the album, you wasn't hearing all the album because because all you was hearing was on the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, because they were using the singles. So to get to the, the music business, we'll get back to your story. But they were used to use the singles <laughs> to basically drive album sales. So mm-hmm. you know the singles would be because back then you would drop three or four singles before the album even came out, right? So uh, your album might not have depend- your album might not have, and we'll get about, we'll get into your you guys. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll but, but, talk more yeah, but you, they would drop yeah. two or three singles before the album would even drop. So the singles, so a lot of times the, the album cuts are the ones that were people really wanted to hear. They really wanted to hear yeah. the album cuts, but the singles, yeah, because they wanted they want they wanted something that was commercially viable to get people to go to the stores. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I collected CDs, and then you know uh, how I used to um, learn the records or learn the lyrics to the songs. A lot of times mm-hmm. I would just write them out. Okay, people, you know what I mean, and I would do it. <laughs> I would do it in high school, you know, whatever, like in class, whatever. I'd be like, 
I've done my work, you know, and let me just pop this in. Let me listen to this. And, right. you know, teachers at, at, in high school, you know, as I got, you know, juniors, I know the te teachers all know how I am. There's like, you know, I don't, I don't cause no trouble. They, right. like, like, he always has his Walkman. He's I'm just like writing rhymes. Right. Right. And, and I think that was like, um, you know, thinking back and, and, you know, after the fact, I'm like, you know, I think that actually helped me learn structure, you know, how okay. songs are written bars, you know, understanding that ace back today, again, different, right. Back, back then it was three verses. 16 bar yeah. verses, eight bar hooks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's yeah. just how the structure of the song was. Like everybody's yeah. song was like that. Yeah. Um, and then um, when I, you know, got to like my senior high school and, and graduated high school, you know, I had a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine used to write raps and wanted to rap. Okay. So we used to hang out all the time at the house. And one day, you know, we just, you know, back then you just put on an instrumental or maybe find like, you know, you know, you get the CD singles or tapes. Yeah. And it has the instrumental. And you play it, and you like, and then we, we just write something. And then one day he was rapping, like, you know, I'm gonna write something to it. And <laughs> that's just literally how I just started writing raps, you know. Gotcha. And how I how I really got into it was well, um, there was a nightclub called Palladium back back yep. here in Orlando, uh -huh. right? big nightclub. Yeah. Um, and on a Thursday Thursday night was like the hip hop night, you know, Uptown Thursdays. Pro yeah. Style was DJing, you know, like yep. just going to City Boys, you know, like. The whole city was out. Oh, the, you know, I was, and I was there's a Roxy and all them back then. You yeah, know? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I used to do street team promotions back then um, because that was kind of like when I graduated high school, I wanted to get in the club. A buddy of mine that had a street team going, he was like, hey, man, if you want to help out and do this, you know, we'll get you in the clubs. So I basically knew all the owners. I would skip the line, get in the club, they have to wait in line no more or pay or anything like that. I was like, man, it's right. cool. Right. You just need to put up a couple posters before the night and, and then I go on. Okay, cool. And I flies in even better, hey, whatever, right? Yeah, it's a win win. So I did that and uh yeah, win win. Yeah. I was like, so I did that and um uh, and then one of the Thursday nights they was doing a uh like a contest, like I think you want like a hundred bucks. It was like bringing artists up just to rap, you know what I'm saying? Right. So my boy wanted to do it. And he was like, and he was like, Yo, just do it with me. Just do that, do that, do that rap that you wrote. It's dope. I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. So we went up there and me and him rapped these verses we had wrote to the Rockweiler beat. Okay. So I met the man, a red man. Yeah. You know, and um, and we end up winning. Okay. <laughs> you know, so so then you get off stage and people looking at me like, "Yo, I know you rap." I was like, well, "Me neither." I got. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of like the first introduction to, you know, like being or being an artist because you know I'm on stage in the club, just kind of right. with the mic. Nobody ever knew I rap. I just spit this verse, and they were like, "That was pretty dope." I was like, "Oh, really? Cool." Right. You know, and right. and then from there, it just got into you know more, you know, meeting other artists, and then you you know back then ciphers, you know, jumping to ciphers, yeah. spit a couple freestyle, and that was like that was like what I was big on back then was just kind of like battle rap and freestyle. Like I used to love right. cannabis and you know stuff like that. Right. You know, um, and that's kind of how I got into it, man. Like honestly, that's literally how I got into it. You know. Rest in peace to uh, Big Will, Maximilian Records, but he was a yeah. he was a, a local indie record label, like one of the first here in Orlando. Um, that you know, at, at Palladium one night, I was just in a cipher rapping, and he was like, he's like, yo, you're dope. He's like, I got a studio in Oak Ridge, you should come by. And I went there, and that was the first time I've been in the studio, and and ever since then, man, I, I it was like I never, you know, once that happened, it was like I never left. <laughs> so cool. So you were solo artist first. So we are, we're going to get, I want to mm -hmm. get into how you, you and, you and Smiles connected, but mm -hmm. you was a solo artist. So you, your intention 
So at this point, when you started rapping, so you did you want to take music seriously at this point now, or was it just kind of like I could, you know, or was it just kind of like, man, I, I'm cool, I'm good at this, but uh, I'm still not again, really man, trying I'm, to do this know, for real. Yeah, I think I think in my at that time, you know, I I think one thing I tell a lot of artists, man, like you know, I think it was more I loved it, yeah. I enjoyed it, you know what I mean? Like I really was passionate about music. I loved music, right? And the more and more I did it, the more and more I'm like, man. You know, I love this process. Like, I love being able to release. And then it's like, oh, how do I get better? Like, how do I make this song sound better than the last one? Right. Right. And so initially, I don't, I don't, I don't think it ever was like, I mean, of course, I'm like on an indie label now. Like, then I get the indie, you know, kind of like in the city, we kind of got our own label and crew and everything. And we open mm -hmm. it up for everybody and the attention mm -hmm. gets a little more. And then underground radio pops up and they're playing mm -hmm. like my single, you know, shout out to, to Malik and uh, NSX. You know, they had 95 Live back then, which was like the only, you know, pirate radio station, they were playing local artists. Right. And one of my songs got into like the top 10 on one of their ind independent artist things. And I'm like, what's going on here? And people now you're starting to recognize like, oh, this is dope. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe I'll take this a little more serious. But I mean, when I say take it serious, you know, like no way near what would end up happening. Right. Like, because, right. again, I'm like, I'm an Asian kid rapping from Orlando, Florida. Like what, what if there's any odds against you, <laughs> You know, like those are odds. Yeah, they, there wasn't nobody you could. There wasn't nobody you could could. Because at that time, you know, you think about like Jin, right? So Jin hadn't really become. You yeah, know, he wasn't even out at this time. Yeah, you know, because right, no, he he came out when we came out already. Right. So it's like even back yeah. then, I was like, and and you know, it's funny because Jin Jin's my homie, and me and him talk, and I'm like, and then when we first when I first like when me and Jim first and we we met each other when we was out but we weren't really like you know we didn't really tight we never had a real conversation like we was all busy in the different yeah. all thing right yeah but years later I'm talking like years like 15 years like you know maybe like 10 years ago you know I met or maybe not even that long maybe like six or seven years ago me and him did this event in Chicago and we went we had went out to dinner night when we sat down and had conversations about like our time you know like back then right and I, I told him, I was like, look, bro, like, I was like, honestly, when I saw you on TV, I was like, who's this Asian kid? I didn't even right. know Asian people rap. Other than right. Asian, it was know? right. It wasn't something. <laughs> it's you, like, you, what, you didn't see that. I mean, not saying that it was Asian people didn't love the culture, but you just didn't see Asian people in a, in a mainstream space. Yeah. Like, yeah. OK, I could be I could do what he's doing. Right. It wasn't represented, man. And, and, right. and again, I grew up playing basketball. Yeah. So even playing high school basketball or, you know, um street ball going to yeah. the parks i mean i'm dealing with the same thing man you yeah. know what I'm saying? so it's like i didn't see a lot of asian kids playing basketball so then as i got older and i see these other asian kids that hoop like me i'm like yeah well, where, where were y'all i never seen i didn't know i thought i was the only one out here you know right I mean? right so right. so yeah so when i think about like did i take it was it like you know i'm trying to get a deal like nah because the platforms weren't there like it wasn't like it is yeah it wasn't like right that, you know yeah um, it wasn't like that yet. So, I mean, you literally had to get a record deal. You had to get signed. You had to get, you know, a label to really push your stuff to really feel like it did. So, you know, but, but I did, you know, I, I took it serious enough where, you know, if, if, if the studio was available, I was there, you know, right. if, if it was about making records. I was there. If it was about creating, I was there because I enjoyed the process. Yo, so, so was, was Khaled or was DJ Khaled and Nasty, were you, were, were they, were those guys around at that time in Orlando? <laughs> Yeah, so Cal Khaled wasn't in Orlando. Nasty was definitely um, in Orlando. But at the did, time, Khaled went to high school here, didn't he? Khaled went to yeah. Khaled went to high school here, but you know, Khaled and Nasty a little before me. Yeah. I think Khaled actually moved before I even got here. 
Oh, okay. He went down. He moved down to Miami. Okay, gotcha. But I knew Cali too do, do, from doing the street promotions. You know what I'm saying? Right, because, right, right. Because you know, my partner, me, me and my my partner at the time, we had Orlando and Tampa, and then his brother covered Miami. So we used to go down to Miami all the time for the music right. conferences, and we would, you know, and 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 again, we had you know labels and um you know contracts and, and things with labels to promote their records. So you know, Cali's a DJ on the radio. DJ's got to get service with the vinyl back then. Right. We'd be the ones bringing it to him. So, you know, I mean, I've watched Khaled, like, you know, become right. Khaled. Like, so and Nat, and, and so, I, I salute so, that man for that. Exactly, man. Shout out to Khaled. He's doing his thing. You know, shout out to Nasty. So, was you were Nasty? Was, the, was you were Nasty? Was y'all? Because, I mean, who was, the, who was the premier DJs at that time? Like, who was the premier? The the, we had one or two jams. What was the stages yeah, yeah. back then? Yeah, one or two jams was pretty much it, man. Right. I mean, um, Party ninety five three came later, but right. you know, you pretty it was one or two. One or two jams right. was the hip hop station. That was it. And you had to get um, on the mix show if you was because that's the thing. Like yeah. they didn't really play, and you, know, you didn't hear local artists on. No, but it wasn't playing independent artists, so yeah. it wasn't even like they was. You and even now they don't play. Like, it, you want to get on mix show? The... They, they... <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but I mean, again, uh, now I understand how radio works. Yeah, you know how radio okay, works now. now, right? right. Yeah. So. <laughs> But back then, I was like, yeah, why don't y'all play me, man? He's like, oh, because I can't. <laughs> you know I mean? right. like, what do you mean? You're on, you're on the radio. You play whatever you want. No, you can't. No, I can't. You know? Right. So, no, but I mean, DJs-wise, you know, Pro and Nasty obviously were big. Jimmy Jams at the time. Uh, yeah. You know, recipes, Jimmy, man. Uh, he, yeah. he was, he was you know, one of the pioneers for sure. You know, um, when you think clubs, you know, you, of course, Disco in the City Boys. Disco JR. You know, Recipes to Disco uh, JR. Uh, Mega City. Yeah. Um you know, um, all of those guys, man. So, you know, the city, the city was, it was different. It was a lot different than it is now, but it's, 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 you know, the growth that the city has had is, is, you know, it's amazing. Right. I always, I always think that we played a little part of it. Oh no, you guys definitely did. You you guys definitely did. Right. Orlando. Now there is a scene here, but look, we're never going to be Atlanta. We're never going to, we, and we don't want to be, we don't need to be there. You talk about 6 million people, Metro versus 2 million people. It's just not going to yeah. be that way, right? So people are trying to make, well, I don't, you can't, we can't, we, we shouldn't even be trying to do that now, you know, but mm-hmm. we do have a scene here, you know, shout out to the people that's doing their thing, repping for the, for the city, giving independent artists now an opportunity, because there's way more now on the independent scene going on than there was when you guys were yeah. around in, in y'all heyday, and even when I started, <clears throat> right? So yep. shout out to those who are doing that. So, so you a solo artist at this point. Now, when do you when do you connect with Smiles? I mean, right so, when you when do y'all connect when do y'all connect or or how is y'all a group and you know kind of get into kind of get into that story. I don't know if people really know. Yeah, yeah. So so me and Smiles, you know, we was both pretty much like solo artists. You know, kind of trying to do the same thing, man, independently, underground. You know, it, it wasn't the funny thing is it wasn't even called independent back then. It was more underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. underground artists, right? We were underground artists at the time, just kind of just, you know, opening up for shows, doing whatever we could get our hand on. And um, I remember the first time I met Smiles, you know, he I think I was at Taboo. I want to say it was like Taboo, which is now Beecham. Um, I think it was like an event and he was performing and I was like watching it and I was watching the show and I was actually like, you know, he's dope. Like this kid's pretty dope, you know, like. He's he's got that whole you know like like the energy and and his 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 verses and like the music it was kind of like my vibe you know and I and then I remember after the show I went up to him I was like yo you dope bro I was like you know uh, I was going by Northstar design you know Northstar yeah, right, right. I, I love the yo we should do a record together you know he's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah whatever right <clears throat> and that was kind of it and we would always run into each other and 
you know, because it was a lot of times like for these events, it was like I might be opening up or he might be opening up because as we kept grinding, that was what it became. Like it was like the same people that would just be doing right. shows and opening up, right? Right. Just different people. And um, and that's kind of how we initially linked. It wasn't until um, the coffee really connected us together in, in Transcon. You right. know, and was like, yo, I want, you know, like, and, and I could tell you that story. You go ahead, um, yeah, let's, you know, let's scare it, bro. I, was, I, don't, really, really I don't really know the background, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, so Dakari, um, I've known Dakari, I mean, again, man, shout out to Dakari, man, like, you know, changed my life, you know, mentor, friend, um, yeah. you know, just, just overall good dude that, you know, gave me a huge opportunity, and without him, you know, we definitely wouldn't have, you know, had the, had the opportunities that we've had, so shout out to him. Right. But um, the car, how I met the car was I was actually just living at this apartment complex called Park Central. Off of I, know Young. I know it. I know it. Because one of my best friends live, live over there. Yeah. 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 So back in the days when I lived there, you know, uh, you know, they got, they got the indoor basketball gym there. And it used to be some like crazy basketball runs in there. I'm talking like overseas players, you know, uh, ever, NBA playing. You know, I, like I said, I grew up playing basketball. So yeah. I used to be in that gym like three, four, five times a week. And um, on, I think it was like, I want to say like Monday and Wednesdays, we used to do like open gym and it would be like some good runs. And Dakari lived there too. Okay. So I knew Dakari because we would just be playing ball in the gym every Monday, every Wednesday, you know, because it was good runs, right? Right. And that's how I met Dakari. And I happened to do a show at Firestone opening up one night and there was an altercation and uh -oh. I was in the gym like after, after the game, like after one of the pickup games and I was talking to somebody about it and he happened to be like, right, you know, sitting on the side, like listening. He was like, he was like, yo, you, he's like, you do, you do music or something? He's like, yeah. He's like, he was like, you know, what do you do? You, you produce or something? And I'm like, no, nah, I rap. And he's like, you rap? Oh. <laughs> like, and then he was like, you rap? Like, you know, like, right. so, you know, one, he's probably, he only knows me as Rob, the one that plays ball. You know? Right, 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 right. He's like, right. Right. He's like so he was like, yo, spit something. And then, um, so I was like, right now, like in the gym, all right. So I like sat down next to him and like spit something real quick. And he was like, yo, you dope, man. He's like, so he was just like, yo, after, after we finished playing, um, don't leave. Come with me. I want to play you something. And then he took me, you know, took me to the car and he was like, yo, check this out. And he played me these beats, man. And he was the first guy I ever met, you know, yeah. it's even, even today, right. Even as an artist today, right. you know, as you're coming up, you kind of work with whoever you can work with. Right. Then sometimes you run into that producer that you like, damn, his beats just sound different. Right like next level type different right and that was kind of the impression i got when i heard his beat. i was like bro these don't sound like the beats that i've been rapping on like these right. sound like crazy different you know and um and then and then he was like yeah man he's like yo he's like are you free tomorrow and i'm like yeah i was like you know i got i gotta work but you know yeah i'm free like after fights that's perfect come to the studio at five and work out a transcon and then of course we all know trans we all knew transcon yeah right? pump. and like oh you work at transcon what do you do there um i'm an in-house producer there oh, okay cool and i'm like so wait you want me to come to transcon yeah i'm gonna i want you to come i can work in transcon yeah you're good. Just come, you know, okay cool you know sound like dang like i'm going to the real studio yeah, yeah. and uh <clears throat> and he was like yeah man i want i want to um I want to get you in there. I got a, a couple of the guys that, you know, I've, I've been working with and I want to kind of get you guys together and maybe, maybe do something, you know, to some of these tracks. And I was like, all right, cool. And, and one of the guys was smiles and it was supposed to be actually be a third guy that was supposed to show up that night, but I think he wasn't able to make it that okay. night, you know? So like, so like the longest running joke is like, man, like, you know, like you didn't show up that night. Like you could have been, and you know I mean? like, <laughs> like the, the right. longest running joke. 
Right. But it was like, you know, and, but then you also realize, like, when you think about stuff like that, man, like, it, it teaches yeah. you that, man. It was meant to be. Opportunities. Yeah. You know, you opportunities. Gotta be, you got to be like, ready. Like, you got to be, like, be ready. Yeah, you opportunities never know. don't always, always yeah. present themselves. And the fact that me and Smile showed up that night, you know, not, not even imagining it would turn out to what it became. Right. You know what right. I mean? But we just happened to show up that night. Um, and we got in the studio and it was actually the beat he played me in the car. He was like, Hey, y'all write something to this. You know, I had the hook already on it and everything. I was like, all right, cool. We finished that. And he was like, y'all done. Dang. And he went to the other room. He was making another beat. He's like, yo, listen to this beat. Yo, let's, let's, and then we did that song. So that first night we did like two records and he was like, yo, y'all, he's like, come back tomorrow. And then the next <laughs> thing you know, it was like, come back tomorrow, come back tomorrow. And the next thing you know, we, we were in there like every day for like, you know, two, two months straight. Wow. Um, just recording records, you know, and, right. and, and, and eventually Dakari you know, approached us and, and Lou about doing a production deal um, so that he can put some records together. Then we started pressing a vinyl. Then we kind of used, you know, our connections through the street team promotions and stuff to press, push the vinyl because we already kind of had that in with the DJs, not just here, but, right. you know, all over like the Southeast. And that's kind of where it all started. And at that point, it's kind of like where I was like, man, this is like serious. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Because you got to think, Lou Perlman has a pop background. So I'll come. Here's the thing, bro. When I would see, I would never see y'all together. I'm like, yo, they a group. I only see South. I never see Smiles. And I'm, so I'm thinking, all right, is this a gimmick? Like, what's going on? Because I, I never saw y'all ever. I'm just being real, bro. This is what I thought. I never yeah, saw yeah. y'all together. So I was like, why do nah, I never but you see know, them? You know, it's funny that, that because a lot of people say that, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like, you're from here, Orlando. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, you got to remember that when we, when I used to tell people, I'm like, bro, I talk to Smiles every day, you know, right, and, right, and I right, do right. see him, you know, because we're right. in the studio or right, right, I'm right, maybe right. at the house or we might go do it. But it's like, when most people see us, we're home. Right. True, true, true. Yeah, Orlando, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. when we do go, I was like, yeah, we have friends too and different people we don't ever get to see because we've been, because now I, I, I might not even want to see Smiles or the card right now. <laughs> right. I've been on the road with you for three months. Right, right, I've been right, with right. you every day for three months, man. Right. I'm cool. Let's let's take a break from each other. Facts. You know, no, let me hang true. out with the people I haven't seen. No, that, that's and true. So people know, but but what you're and the reason I say that is because you know the what what you're saying is like a lot of people used to say that. Yo, how come I never see y'all together? Like just because we're in a group together, I mean, we gotta we, we gotta hold hands together everywhere we go. You know I, mean? like, <laughs> right. like, I was like, we're together all the time. Right, right, right. You know, like, right. We're in the studio working hours together. We're on the road hours together. We got interviews together all the time. It's like. When we're all done with that stuff, sometimes we just like, man, yep. let me go yep. chill. And so, just, so they, yo, did they, did they, did they put you guys through artist development? Um, <clears throat> I mean, well, what, what you would consider I mean, artist I, development? You know, obviously we don't. Yeah, that one, that's I would say it's probably, now, but probably, probably more than and than um what they do now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, like because honestly, I think everything that we were doing with Dakari at the time, Dakari was doing artist development. development. You know, right, whether right. it's whether it's you know being in the studio and working, you know teaching work ethic, right? Whether it's, you know, when we when we started doing shows, like, you know, he would put us in rehearsals and he would teach us how to actually, you know, rehearse for shows. Right. Like a professional, you know, right. like do the show like you would want to do it. You know, right. everything's got to be cute. You don't just go out there and wing it. You know, like right. I would know when I'm supposed to say that. You would know when you're supposed to say that. You right. know what I mean? So, you know, we did do that, did that stuff, you know, when it came to, you know, interviews and press, you know, you know, telling you, you know, hey, you know, don't say certain this thing. Don't say kind of kind of stay away from this, you know, with press and, right. you know, and then teaching you about how, you know, hey, when we start going to these areas, you know, it's like, 
you know, this is how, you know, we want to make sure we're carrying ourselves. And, right, right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, to that extent, I think I think so. Yeah, you know, because they, they prepared us for a lot of it, you know, and, and a lot of it, though, you know, you still, you got to learn as you go. Exactly. You know, but it's, exactly. definitely, definitely, I think, more than, than they're doing today because, you know, today, you put someone in the studio, they're going, the record going to be on, I, you know, Apple Music tomorrow. You know right. What I'm saying? Right. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. You know? you know, and I was thinking because with Transcon, you know, Lou was a pop guy, so I always thought like, okay, does he know what he's doing with urban music? Because it's a it's a whole different it's a whole different thing. I this is just me from the outside yeah. looking in, right? I obviously not knowing else what was going on behind the scenes. But I always said, okay, like, are those guys in the right situation? Because this guy's made the majority of his money in the pop space, and so it's a yeah, whole I mean, other you know, so, Lou, right? Hip hop wasn't loose thing, right? Know, but but. But the car, Lou loved the car. Like the car wasn't okay. for so long because he did, and he worked on a lot of that pop stuff. So it really, you know, the Smiles and South Star thing was really a Dakari's thing. Got you. Okay. And Lou, you know, Dakari was the in house producer for Transcon. Dakari brought us to Lou, and Lou agreed to back it. Got you. You know, and I don't even think Lou had any thought that it would do what it would end yeah, up doing. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, then the next thing you know, he's like, "Oh, we got a label looking looking at y'all. We gonna so they signed the joint deal. So then Artist Direct ends up being really the label that pushes all our stuff, not Transcon. It was a joint deal. Transcon was a production company, you know. Right. So, so I think I think when when you know when you look at it, you know the thing. And so little, so you know, let's back up. So let's little, talk about the let's talk about you guys being on Transcon versus Artist Direct. For those who guys who don't know what a production deal is versus the actual label, right? Yeah. So, so let's talk about production that. Deal. So, you know, you got different agreements, right? You got, you know, managers that, you know, basically, and then, then when it comes down to manager, you got like multiple managers that you can have depending right. on what, what kind of, what they, what you, what you want them to handle for you. Right. Um, but I won't get into that, but production versus record deal. So basically production deal is basically saying we're, we are going to produce the, the records for you. We are going to put the project together. So basically, when it comes to the production of the record, whether it's and, and when I say production, we're not talking about just the beat, you know, because right. a lot of people think production, they think beat, right? Right. But right. it's it's composing the music, putting it all together, you know, getting it mixed, getting it mastered, you know, putting the project together, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, the record deal comes in and says, okay, perfect. You've already produced that. So you've 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 completed the production side of it. Um and, and sometimes, again, the label can do one label can do all of it. Right. 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 So but in this case, Transcon didn't want to do the record label side of it. Right. They wanted to just do the production deal because that wasn't loose thing. Right. Right. And it happened that another label came in and, and saw potential in us and wanted to take it on. So what they when they come in, you know, now they handle basically, you know, the marketing of it sales of it because back then i mean even now it's still sales involved as, as with any business marketing yeah. sales yeah you know because cds don't just show up in stores you know as a yeah. sales team and back uh, then the, you know they had the to buy inventory buy at that and back then <laughs> the yeah. stores and the retail the had to buy the, right yeah uh, there's buyers for best buy there's buyers for target you know so your sales team along with your distributor you know and also the record record label has a distribution deal yeah, you know whether yeah. it's already with BMG or whoever we were through BMG, um, and then you know anything else you know and our record company handle a lot of our PR. You know they got us okay. press, marketing, you know things of that nature. But you know and they also um, in their part of the deal they also agree to shoot the videos. Okay. You know, but the marketing budget you know, you know yeah. is is on the label side. You know, yeah. um, 
So that was the difference between really the two entities is right. Transcon was our production deal. They did, you know, it's not like they had to put up money because, I mean, they did put up money technically, right? Because right. they have the studio. So the Transcon, who owned the Masters then? Was it Transcon or was it, was it our studio? Like, no, like, Transcon you know owned the Masters, but we own them now. Okay, so you own oh, you own your masters now. You put, yeah. You and you yeah. Not, you and you as well own your own masters now. Correct. That's what's up. And yeah. all the publishing. Most of it. Now, well, when when you say all the publishing, you know you gotta understand. Tell me how to Diana Ross and Marvin Gaye. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, that was say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You want, yeah, you so, want to get no? All right, right. I got you. I got you. I want to get into. That, I want to get into that record. That was a huge yeah. record. So no no so, I feel so, you. So yeah, do we own do we own our masters? Yeah, we own the masters. Like I literally have the original sessions like sitting in my house, gotcha. um, you know, boxed up. Like I I, I own all of them. like we we own all of those, you know. Um, but you know, people still own different pieces of the publishing. Of I mean, everybody still gets what they 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 deserve yeah. on individual records or, and whatnot. For sure. But as far as our own stuff, yeah, no one owns our publish. Oh cool cool cool. So tell me about like I said. Talk about Crash the Park, because that was the one, that's the one record that kind of people kind of, okay, they're here, they're here now. You know what I mean? Like, when yeah. it crashed the party? Or was there a record before the, that? No, the, 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 the first, our first single was Who Wants This? Who Wants so This? So the first single, Who Wants This? It was like, Who Wants This? Who Wants This? Who Wants This? Really, really want I'm, right? I'm looking, I'm looking at the cool, kind yeah. of a reggae vibe, vibe-ish to it. Um, but that record, um, 007, who was on the radio in Fort Myers at the time, basically you know again relationships right so like right. a friend of ours you know and and he had a little bit more freedom to play kind of a you know what he wanted during mix show and he was like the five o'clock guy he started playing the record for us now granted again we pressed up vinyl right so back then we pressed up the vinyl white label and gave him the vinyl you know it right. wasn't like hey here's an mp3 just play it, you know so we did kind of the legwork to get that and then as he started playing it the pd was the, was, the, was the guy that did the show with him he was like Man, I like this song. Who are they? And he was like, oh, these are my boys from Orlando. He's like, oh, you should bring them down to do this um, erotic exotic ball, which is like a Halloween party. Yeah, I'll tell them. And they told us to go down. We went, we was like, yeah, let's go. You know, so we went down. That was kind of our first show at Smiles and South Stuff. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And and then, so we opened up, We it was basically, we opened up for Kaya. My neck. My oh, neck Kaya. Shout out to Tampa, yeah. Florida. Got yeah. it. <laughs> so we... We went down there. We just, we did the show. You know, nobody knows who we are. Uh, but who wants this was getting played on in mix show, so they were teasing it. So some people were like, "Oh, that's who that is," you know. So but right. when we did the show, man, like it was just amazing. Like it was it was a packed club. Killed the show. After the show, we up at the top. You know, we like taking shots with you know the PD and the PD is like, "Man, y'all are cool as hell, man. I love y'all record." Blah. He's like, "You know what? After this is over, let's go back to the radio station." I'm gonna I'm gonna play your record over and over in a row. I'm like, what? Okay. But we literally went back to the radio station like at four in the morning and he played that song. Like he played who wants this, I think, like 20 times in a row. On the radio, right? Wow. <laughs> like, like, I was just gonna keep playing. And and um and shout out to Bo Matthews. You know, he played a huge role in um in what you know in our success as well. He was actually the played an in, like a very important role because he actually was friends with a guy named Mark Benish. Rest in peace, Mark Benish, who at the time was an A and R at um, Universal Records. Okay, and he connected us. Bo kind of sold like, "Hey man, this group you should really know who they are. They got a really dope record. They love them. Great guys." Nah, nah, nah. Sold them to us, and then when 
Mark wanted to sign us to Universal, but then at that time, he was actually in negotiations on a new situation. So he said, you know what? Let's hold off. Let me go get this new situation set up and I'm bringing them in because where I'm going, I can make them a priority. Gotcha. And that happened to be artist direct. The label. Oh, okay. So Ted gotcha. Fields was starting that up. Mark All Benish right. came over and Mark Benish signed us over to artist direct. And then, you know, from there, you know, from there, the rest is history, man. I mean, it was just, I'm you telling know, you, right, bro. And it crashed now, man. Right, crashed the party, and I remember that was a huge record. And Smiles had all the uh, the different high school. You know, I went to Colonial High School, so I graduated from the same high school he graduated yeah. from. Right, so I remember yeah. like he would have all the the the, the letters of the, the varsity of all the different high schools. Yeah, and y'all shot that over. I think it was yeah, that's tell me. You talking about tell me? Yeah. Oh no. Well, okay, that's tell. That's a tell me record. My bad. Tell I'm me. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crash the party, the album. Right. Oh, tell me. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah, my bad. My bad, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me was uh. Tell me was incredible, man. I mean, no, once that, that came out, it was like massive. life changing. Massive. Tell yeah. me was life changing, man. I mean, you know, it's crazy because it's like to this day. To this, y'all still day, see money from that. Y'all still see. you still see money from that. Yeah, a, a little bit, not like it used to be, but I mean, you know, I, I still look at like our streaming numbers sometimes, and I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like to this day, like I could probably pull it up right now on my phone. I could probably tell you. Um, I think we still get. You know, anywhere from I'm gonna tell you right now. Actually, look, Spotify in the last seven days, tell me, played thirty one thousand. Wow! So that also tells me that you guys have had a nice, you guys have a nice global fan base too. Were you guys <coughs> internationally? Were they rocking with y'all too? Yeah, we we didn't do much international stuff, but you know, we released the album in Japan. We never really got to go to Europe at oh, the time. Okay. We were actually in negotiations of a Europe deal, um, but it it just never fell through. But you know, honestly, man, a lot of the success from 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 the record is the states. Interesting. You know, which interesting. Which, yeah, I mean, and of course, if it's popping in the states, then you know, worldwide, they they're gonna show you love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, when I look at like, if I just look at the the streams over the last month, I mean, eighty four thousand in the U.S. The next closest is Canada, six thousand. So. Yeah. You know, so we never really even tapped into that in the mar- national market as much. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I look at these numbers and I'm still amazed. I'm like, dude, the record came out in 2002. Two. Right. And, and it's still getting it's that, kind of, right. that kind of love, man. Yeah. And I, but it was a great record. Man. And I, I think it's really amazing. Because at that time, I remember, that, so for y'all, for the younger viewers who don't know, the old version of One Wonder- System Park. So the cool thing about TRL, One Wonder- System Park was, you know, TRL was basically white people, right? So we didn't have we didn't have a program where people look like us, like 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 black folk, black culture. So what is the park? That's what that was for mm-hmm. us, young us teenagers was one of in park. Yeah, you know what I mean. And free and AJ, Roxy, and yeah, and, and Terrence, all that. And but for you guys to get on there and have a number one record on the countdown, I think right, you guys were number one multiple times. No, we got. We got to five. Oh, you guys so didn't get to the- performed it. We performed it at five. You know. Oh, okay, got you. I, yeah, never, it never got to number one. I, we could never knock Bow Wow and those guys out. Of oh yeah, he was one. Of, yeah, he was one. They of had the stranglehold on, on them top. top but but at that time, at that time, what was so cool about it? You didn't have you didn't have an Orlando based group that quote unquote had mainstream success like that. It just but uh, in urban, you know what I mean? Yeah, in, yeah, in I my mean, opinion. But in, in you all know, honesty, man, like you, if you even if you look at it, you know, since then, there, there hasn't really been one. Yeah. You yeah. know, so the difficulty of getting there, you know, I, I think 
back then we were just like, oh, damn, I don't even know how we got here. I'm like, okay, right. cool. I'm on the couch. We do an interview. I'm performing. But when I go back and I look and I'm like, man, it's been, you know, like I said, the record's been around 20 years and it's been a lot of dope artists. Yeah. A lot of dope artists from the city. You know, there's a lot of dope artists out right now. Yeah. And I'm still like, dude, how, how has none of these people ever got back in that countdown or on that couch or, you know, or, you know, gotten a top 40 billboard record? It's like, I don't, I don't understand how that hasn't happened. Right. But it just, it, it, it and, and that's why, like, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people about, you know, records and, and having a hit record, and I mean, it's so, so many things have to go right. Yeah. Yeah. For you to have a hit record. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. At the same exact time. You know, and it's it just truly like is a machine, right? It truly is up. like a machine yeah, going. It's, it's, and and, and it all has to roll at the same time, you know, like, it, it, it's got to be, you know, a, a record that stands out and, and, and captures the feeling of people at that moment. You know, it's, it's you know, you got to have the support, you know, yeah. you got to have the budget, yeah. you know, you got to have the net connections. You got to make sure that, OK, well, my record's popping here. I need to make sure it's popping here and here and here and here. And I got to hit them from every angle at the same exact time. Right. You know, and and we just happen to get fortunate with it, man. I mean, you know, the thing is. Tell me, blew up. We were on the road for two months touring with Beanie Man as the opening act. Okay. With, who wants this? Was our first single. Okay. So who wants this first single? We go on the road to promote, basically use it to promote the record and tour, open up, be the opening act for Beanie Man for okay. two months. That's and not bad at all. I'll, Shout out to Beanie. No, man. it was great. Yeah. Great time. Shout out to Beanie for sure, man. That's uh, uh, definitely another mentor. Yeah. Um, so we on the road for two months. You know, cross country. I mean, you. Every city you can think of, probably in the United States, we, we, we touched, you know. Right. So, you know, you start off and nobody really knows who you are. You're kind of like, who the hell is this? Like, you know, who's this opening act? You know, because for once, this wasn't exactly a big commercial success. Right. You know, the the video drops, it's rap, it gets Rap City love, and never really got one of some Park love. Right. Um. So, you know, slowly people are like, oh, that's the guys that have that one song. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't really picking up, and and then as the tour goes and you transition into like when tell me starts dropping and you just start seeing the change it's like now you right. should walk out and people are screaming you're like right i just did a show like two weeks ago nobody knew who i was right no it happens like that I, 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 right. it happens like that. i remember you know i was watching the, i was watching the interview uh thing on vice youtube channel with with uh shaggy uh with the with shaggy's record and they said like literally it was a dj that played the record in in hawaii who just and, and literally caught the record on fire. And next thing you know, they went from nobody cared who they were. And we're talking about, uh, the, I can't remember the name of the record right now, the, his hit song he had. Um, and they said literally like within a week or two, the shows were packed. That's how that's how yeah. it was. When it, when it shit picked up like that, yeah. it picked up so fast. It literally went from like, hey, the line is crazy. So that's how, at that time, like that's how fast it could really, it could really move like that. No, it happens like that, man. And, and, you know, like, even I tell, you know, people nowadays, I'm like, dude, like, you never know. Like, it can happen at any moment. But the problem is you have to be ready for it. Right. Because it's it's timing. It's opportunity, right? When that opportunity comes, you got to be ready for the opportunity. If you're not ready for it, right, you're going to miss it. Exactly. And then they might not come back. Exactly. You know, and, <laughs> and, you know, like I said, when I, when I tell you, like, it was just like everything had to go perfect. Like, you know, at that time, like, Everything went perfect. You know, we were on tour. We were on the road. We were in these radio stations talking to people. All of a sudden, this record starts taking off. You know, we rush to get this video shot. You know, mm -hmm. we get the video shot. It gets on. 
you know, next thing you know, the videos. So the video is now out at the same time. The song is taken off at radio. Now mm-hmm. we're also on the road. So now we're doing shows and people are seeing us and we're out. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's like, it's so much that has to go right, yeah. you know, for it to happen. And, and we were blessed to, you know, have that opportunity, man. I mean, you know, that's just, you know, like I said, man, I, I, I mean, I, I cherish those, those nah, that moments. Was, that was memories. a good like I said, I'll you never, gotta experience I'll never trade something. that for anything. Yeah, you gotta experience something that very few people experience an opportunity <laughs> like that. And uh, it's amazing. That's why I always said, man, I always want to give you your flowers while you can still smell them, man. Thank you, man. Um, so you guys were the group for how long? And then did you guys ultimately decide to, yo, you're not gonna do this no more? Like, how did how did music? That I mean, we didn't I did music. We did music professionally where, you know, it was pretty much our main source of income um, pretty much for like eight years, man, like 2000, 2008. Right. Um, and, you know, we even had a uh, after artist direct, you know, we got out of that deal because the second album was kind of getting delayed. And we was like, man, we need to get this out because, you know, momentum and right, right, right. At the same time as like we need to generate income, yeah. um, you know, so. You know that that kept getting delayed. We ended up getting getting released from them, and we signed a deal with Pure Records, which uh, was like an independent label under Universal that mm-hmm. uh, Steve Rifkin was kind of involved with okay. on the back end with some marketing. So you know, and and we were moving. We had a record that we put out. Our I, honestly, I I still to this day think our second album is absolutely amazing. I think if we would have ever had the chance to see the light of day, it would have it would have definitely changed. It, it probably would have solidified what you know me and Smile and and the people that have heard it had the yeah. chance they they probably will tell you to this day the same thing you know gotcha. they were like no nah, for sure that second album was like amazing um because we were more we were we were kind of in our zone at that point yeah you know we 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 figured it out like we figured out how to how to write records we figured out yeah. how to sound we figured out everything you know cadence right. tone yeah. you know um how to put records together you know um you know melodies like we we figured a lot of that out because we now we've been we've been doing it for so long you know right. um and had the experience so, but, you know, unfortunately, like it just never came out. And, and, you know, 2008, we all know, you know, economy crashes, financial crisis. Yeah. Um, I think that hurt, you know, cause I think, the, you know, the guy that had the label at the time, you know, that was investing in it kind of pulled back, didn't invest as much into right, it. Right. And then eventually didn't invest anything. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of a transition year, you know, 2008 going into 2009 was, it was definitely a transition year, you know, smiles, Smiles did a solo solo project with Dakari. Okay. <laughs> he had a record called Automatic that was pretty dope. Um, got some love. And then he even um he had a single with Lloyd. I thought um, that, yeah. that they that they actually dropped the video that they debuted on 106 and Park. Right. Um, I remember that. Yeah. You know, so he stayed doing music for a little bit longer. Me, I kind of was like, you know, I, I at that point in 2008, 2009. I kind of didn't enjoy the business side of it no more. <laughs> I, I and I kind of got frustrated with that side of it. And I was just like, you know, man, like, you know, I, I'm putting all this into it and all this effort. And then I got to wait on this person and this person's right. not about it. It's like, you know, right. I'd rather just, you know what, if y'all not with it, then I'm, uh, I'd rather just not do it. Right. And I'll just sit here and I'll let all my contracts expire. And <laughs> I'll be free. Got you. You know, and that's kind of what, um, that's kind Kind of what I did, man. I mean, I ended up, you know, I put out like a mixtape album myself, you know, um, a little here and there. But that, but again, I do music not, you know, not because of the money. I never did music because of the money. Right. Right. Like I said, I never even thought I'd be make it to right. where, I, where I where I made it to. It just happened. It's right. like, oh, I'm getting paid for this. That's even cooler. Right, you know? right. But 
because I would have been doing it even if I never got the record deal. You know, right. just like a lot of artists do it. You exactly. know, because they just I just enjoy doing it. I do it to this day. Every now and then I'll I'll do something just because I feel like doing it. You know, it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with fame. Nothing to do with popularity, likes. It's just like I just love doing it. You know. Right. Um. And yeah, and then it was you know just a transition year. Just had to kind of figure out, you know, what's next. You know what I mean? We got families, we got kids, and it's you know. Oh yeah. What, so what did you what get? What did you get into after next? that? So so you decided to. <coughs> so what was the next? What was your next passion? What did you decide? Okay, this what you did the music thing. Now what was gonna do? You know when when you know music when music ended, and 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 again, yeah, you know me, man. I, even to this day, I'm still kind of like a toe in now, maybe not a foot, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like a toe in the music game, yeah. right? Like I still like every now and then, you know, consult or It's a different grind now, honestly. It's a different grind, yeah. you know? I will say this, it's easier <laughs> for, sure. for you to put records out now. If you wanted to do it now, you could. But you yeah. gotta be, you have yeah. to be, this is a very expensive business, okay? It's a very expensive yeah. business. So, and I said, you know, not not saying anything, just what it is, right? But you really have to love this shit. Like honestly, like you have to love yeah, yeah, yeah. the grind. I and mean, that's it. why I tell the, if you don't love the grind of it, people, man. you can't it's not gonna work for you. If you don't love the grind no, I, of what it takes, I wouldn't even man, say I wouldn't I even people, recommend it. <laughs> when people ask me back then, because they would yeah. be like, you know, when I do interviews, they would be like, What's one advice you would give to an upcoming artist? It's like one of the favorite questions of everybody, right? What's one right. advice you would give to an up-and-coming artist? It's like, I would tell, I would, the first thing I would say, I was like, look, man, the one advice I would give you is you have to love it. Because if you love it, nothing will deter you from doing it. Right. Because the truth of the matter is that <laughs> it's going to be one million things that's going to make you be like, I don't want to do this no more. Exactly. But exactly. you have to love doing music so that you don't stop because you're just so passionate about it. Like, you know, right. I don't even care. Like, it's not about, you know, oh, this check didn't get cut. Oh, I got screwed on this deal. Or, right. oh, how come this guy, you know, didn't do it? Or, or this happened. Oh, how come he stole my record or whatever. It's right. like, you know, if you if you love it, you don't really care. That's never going to stop you from doing the, the base of it, which right. is music, you right. know, and, and get better at your craft and just and just do and like you said go through the grind of everything like because i love it man because it is it's work it's, it's work bro uh, let's get into yeah. that for a second people think this i always said this is a real career okay would always get what would always make me upset is because i know what it takes i know people dedicate their lives to this craft right so a lot of people say oh music is something you do on the side you do after this would because no this is people dedicate their lives to this this is that serious. This is all they've ever done, right? Yeah. So this is a real career. This is a real craft. And I think, unfortunately, nowadays, we have too many people, bro, who have no business being in this game. They don't respect the craft and the work. Mm-hmm. There's work involved in this in order to do it properly. And that always would bother me because I, I see people that that this is all they do. And they take it so seriously. Now, you got to know your business and your business mm-hmm. got to be on point. It just got to be on point, you know, because see nowadays, bro, it's about building before when you was in the game, bro, it's about building wide. You want to build your business as wide as you could. Now it's about a concentrated audience, but you build deep within your, the community, right? Yeah. It's more now about the community and you building deep and then having those super fans love you, support you heavily, and that's where it's become, that's that's the difference now. You don't necessarily need that wide fan base. 
You just need that pocket. You can make money on pockets of people. Yeah, get you get to that thousand core, right? That's what I teach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, the, 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 the thing is what I've learned about the game. And, of course, man, you, you have to evolve or you're a dinosaur and you're yeah. extinct, right? So it's like, you know, I've had to learn. You know, like I said, I dropped a project called Red Envelope back in like 2014. So I got one of my bro, favorite. That's on my iTunes. I got I it. I got it. Yeah, love. Man. <laughs> it's one of my personal favorite projects I dropped yeah. because it was really like one of my probably my most personal albums for me. You know what I mean? Like me really speaking from a different perspective and really you know for me. So from a feeling perspective, it's probably one of my favorite projects. You know, but even when I did that one, it was kind of like okay, man, I had to learn. You know. uh, distribution and and you know how do i get songs on here and how do i do this and you know how do i get to this and oh what's this this platform and what's this platform you know so you know the the one thing that i, I say definitely about today's game is um one it's easier than ever to put your music out for people to find it and hear it right um but because it's so easy it's also way too many artists and it's way too much saturation with the music so it makes it actually harder for people to find it right right um and then to talk about kind of on your point where you say you know find your audience you know find your pocket find your fan base right and go eat you know sometimes you have to look at yourself and say you know what kind of artist do i want to be what is it what is my goal everybody right. has different goals you know like like it was it was at one point that my goal was, hey, my guy. <laughs> Love. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was at one point that, you know, for me, you know, like my goal, it wasn't about, I mean, at one point it was about, okay, let's get a single, make some money, do some shows. Right? Cool. Yeah. Cool. Then it was like, yo, man, I would love to win a Grammy. I don't even need the money. I don't need no shows. I don't even, I don't care about anything because I just want to be one of the best, you know? Right. Um. So you got to find, you know, at the end of that, that's why I say you got to love, love the craft, love the music first, and then understand what do you want from it, right? Because you can't make money. And there's a lot of artists that you might not have ever even heard of that are making, that money. Are making money that are making and making money. a living off yeah. of music, you know, and, and music is all they do. And here's the thing, too, is it's OK. I mean, you know, listen, if you can go make 30, 40 grand a year doing music, that's you not bad it. money. It's, you it's like it. a regular job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you can make 50 grand, 60 grand, 100 grand, whatever it is, you know, you, now you might not be Drake. Right. You might not be J. Cole. You might not be Kendrick. Okay. Well, if you want to get to that level, you need a label. You need a, a different way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. And, and it's more, you know, and, 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 and honestly, you know, to get to that level, that's why like people say, you know, is independent better or major? Well, it depends. Yeah. You know, the difference between today and back then when it comes to signing a record deal. Okay. Back back then, it was, that's how you had to get your record out. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. You needed the record label, record deal. So then you just try to sign the best deal possible. And it, the record label was really only make, recouping, making money off your CD sales. Yeah. They weren't taking your show and your marketing. So, so when, we, when we say the older artists are like, show money, show money show money because that's what we were making money on yeah show money you know because the cd sales they got to recoup everything and then once they yeah. recoup if we sell enough records yeah we're gonna make a killing on that but you got to sell so many records right right today and we and as an artist back then it wasn't like you were really coming out of pocket right nah right <laughs> you know 
not even to record your records sometimes right. not even for your production sometimes you know what i'm saying right, like right. you weren't having to come out of pocket for that because that was all getting invoiced a label was paying all that because you had a recording budget you had all that right, right right today it's more a partnership yeah with the label yeah you know back then yeah. you were signed as an artist today it's a partnership so now it's to get me if I I can, because now you can buy studio equipment so cheap, you can set up in your house so cheap, yeah. you can shoot music videos now with a DSLR. Back yeah. then, you know, who wants this was a $300,000 budget. Tell me with $150,000. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's paying $150,000 for a music video today? Nobody. Nobody that would, no one you know, would ever advise it. You're not even <laughs> you might not even shoot movies for that much anymore. Right, right, right. right. Because, but because the technology is so different and you have the ability to shoot your own videos and do all that stuff. So now... You know, you're investing into it, right? And now it's like, okay, now if I go into a deal, it's more of a partnership. It's okay, well, what can you provide that I can do? And what do I feel the right percentage to give you for that is? Right. You know, so, so, you know, it isn't about, it isn't so much about, you know, the question to me is never, is independent better than, major or major better than independent well i mean if you just look at the charts major is winning right right yeah every big artist that's multi-millionaire who's the biggest artist in the game they're all majors yeah who's on the radio majors yeah you know but it doesn't mean that independence ain't winning because if you're okay with making six figures doing music as a career you win it yeah it's just personal preference it's personal personal preference right you know goals it's whatever 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 you your but, goal is you know what i mean and, and so and for me bro i think about <clears throat> i i think about ownership right because that is that is the name of the game when it comes to intellectual mm-hmm. property so understand that if you're going to a major but you you're not going to retain ownership unless it's a licensing situation unless you say i'm going to license my album to you guys for a period mm-hmm. of time and then you guys can exploit the back. You guys can exploit those masters. But when I leave this label, the masters yeah. retain and revert back to me. And I take my music. And so, so that that's a way to do it, right? But most of the time, the if you want ownership of your records, then the label is going to make if you sign to a major or even an indie, if they're if they're putting up the money, they're gonna own it, they're gonna own the masters. That's what it is. You know Listen. What I mean? Here, here's the here's the bottom line. Like you know, listen. Everybody talks ownership. I agree. You as much if you can get it, get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you if they're gonna give it to you, get the ownership. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I want everything. Actually, you give me everything, I'll take it all. You know, like <laughs> when you walk in a negotiation with anybody, if they whatever they give you, take it. Right. Don't feel bad. It's right. business. Right. Right. That's the first step. Don't feel like oh man, I feel like I ripped them off. No, it's business. He gave yeah. it to you. Yeah. Because they're not gonna feel bad if you gave it to them. Right. So that's the first rule in negotiation. You know, take, but make sure you get what you want. Yeah. Because if you, it'll get to a point when you're in a negotiation when it's like, nah, they taking too much. You have to be able to walk away. Yeah. Most powerful, the most powerful person in the negotiating room is the one that will walk away. Right. It's not the guy with the money. Right. (laughs) Everyone thinks it's the guy with the money. Right. No, the guy with the money might have a little bit of negotiation power, but he's not the most powerful person in the room. The guy that doesn't have the money is like, I'm good. I don't need your money. See right. you later. Right. Oh, right. wait, but I really want a piece of that. Well, then this is what I want. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so like, like I, when I, when I think about, like, I, I give people an example, you know, like, you know, cause people used to be like, 
and I use Khaled, but you know, or or whoever, like when they do these production contracts or public, they're like, oh, but it'll take half your publishing. I will talk okay. about that for a second, because because you know I, I've always been okay. So should so take Ace Hood. So Ace Hood signs the cap, but mm-hmm. Ace Hood eventually realizes I I need to be independent outside of Khaled because Khaled the truth is Khaled's an artist. So in, in a way, okay, look, he's an artist. I, and, and again, I don't know Ace. I think Ace is a dope artist. I don't know what his situation is now. And I don't, I don't know. Really know. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't I'm know. Just it. look at it from the outside okay. from what he said, right? So what I do know. What okay. I do know is you and I wouldn't know who Ace Hood was if it wasn't for Khaled. True. We, that's right. Ace And Ace Hood would not be a millionaire if it wasn't for Khaled. True. Right? So what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. So so if someone comes to me and says, man, I'll make you a millionaire, but I need 75% of your your, your property. And I'm in like a millionaire. You're going to make me a million dollars? I don't got a million dollars. Wait. And I'm like, okay, well, now it's up to me to be like, well, a million's not enough. Yeah. You know? So that's why I say I tell people, I'm like, dude, like, you know, you guys, you guys worry about a lot of the wrong things sometimes, right? When you first start out. It's right. so much more than just percentages or do I owe my masters or do it's it's you know, if I go into it, it's it's about the partnership. It's about what are you what is what what can I what is this person gonna do for me? I will gladly give somebody 70%. Of, a, of, of anything of, I own, if you're telling me that what I, let's say I have this single, hey, I want to take your single, but I want 70%, but the single is going to make 10 million, which means you'll make three, I'll make seven. Are you okay with that? I might be like, 70%? Oh, hell no, I don't want to take 70%. I'll do it myself, keep 100. Yeah, but then if I do it myself, I only make a million. True. I just lost 2 million because I wanted to own 100%. Good point. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right, right. So, like, if you think about it like that, then you start realizing, man, you know, and that's really business in general, yeah. right? Like, if, yeah. if you own a business, like, if you're where about Shark Tank, I don't know if you are Shark yeah, Tank, yeah, but if you, yeah. you are Shark Tank, right? You go in there, they're like, man, well, I, I want 500000 for 5% of my business. And then they look, well, what's your sales? Oh, it's this. How the hell is your company worth, you know, $10 million, whatever it is, right? Right. Because, because this is what's going to happen. Yeah, but you don't have the, structure or the infrastructure to get you there right but i do right so i'll tell you what i'll do i'll give you this this percent <laughs> right and then you just do the math it's like okay well he does have the infrastructure and it's like damn or you know oh she can get me on qvc and next thing you know instead of me selling a hundred thousand but i own a hundred percent of that we're selling 10 million and i own 10 percent of that but i yeah. made 10 times more money yeah and me owning 100%. right true <laughs> True. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it definitely <laughs> depends on the situation. Because I used to think, man, independent, 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 independent. But there are some art, especially today, that really do need the label structure. They just, they do need the structure of the label. I mean, these labels been around for years, man. Like, mm-hmm. you're talking about, like, you know, these labels, they run the industry, you know? Yeah. Like, they have deals with it. Apple Music and Spotify, like you know, oh, like, yeah, they ain't bad big media, this. multimedia, yeah. you know, like and and when you really think about the majors, you know, you you have to understand, like it's not just music. Universal right. doesn't just do music; they do film, they do TV, they do yeah. everything, you know. Yeah. So so when you you know when you're in that machine, you know, Universal owns NBC, you know, right. Universal does movies. It's like right. You end so up it's like machine, yeah. So so, so they say people that have booked you on Jimmy Fallon, 
<coughs> but get you booked on because it's all a conglomerate, right? So like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're you you have the in for sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because they're like, well, if I put you on TV and I put you in this movie, that's gonna help sell these records. Yeah, and it's all in the same, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like that's why, like, like even like when I look at like Jay, right? Because Jay is probably like one of the smartest businessmen in the business. Yeah, and, and Diddy too. Yeah. Diddy too. Dre too. You know those guys, like when you when you think about them, but. Jay probably gave really did give everybody the blueprint of how to do it. Yeah. You know, have your own money, go get you a partnership because he signed a distribution deal on the first yeah. album. Yeah. It was a partnership deal, but yeah. he put his own money up. So obviously he's going to, you know, again, you can get more in a negotiation if you provide more. Yeah. If I walk in a room and say, hey, look, Def Jam, I want to do a deal. That's the deal I want. All right. Uh, you get, you get 25. 30%, I get 70, all right? But I'm going to put up $500,000 for the project. I don't need your money. I'll put the money. I just need you to do use your machine. Yeah. That's a whole different negotiation than like, yeah. hey, I got this dope record. And right. <laughs> you guys want to sign me. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You come, to, you, come, you come in as a boss. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Nipsey Hustle, right? So Nipsey, you know, all money in, does a JV deal. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. what he wanted was the resources. Was yep. was he wanted was said with Lecrae. Lecrae, when he had reach records, right? But he he at the time he's back he's back independent now. But at the time he wanted the resources of a major, yeah, the a major had at the head because it's just different when you have a major label rollout versus having an indie rollout. You know what I mean? So yes, exactly. And you and you know that because you've experienced that. Yeah. So you can yeah, talk yeah. from so, that perspective of like. So that's why, like, when people are like, "Oh, independence <laughs> the way," right? It's like, well, I mean, it just depends. You know, it 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 it's, it really comes down to personal preference. Yeah. You know, there isn't is isn't a, there's not a right answer because they both have positives, they both have negatives. Right. You know, and you have to weigh the pros and cons and figure out for your situation which one's the best way to do it. You know, it might not make sense for you right now to just go sign and give away all your rights to a major. And then you don't know if they're even going to put your record out and then you're stuck. You know, that might not make those, that might not be the best option. Maybe staying independent for a little longer and building some clout and getting a little negotiation power makes more sense for you. Well, I, and I think you know? that should, and I think honestly, because I think if you go, it's get to the label, you got to have, for them, they only want to invest in, in like in for-profit businesses, right? So they want to see, do you have something already going on that we can invest into? So, you don't want to take a deal too early because you want to be able to have show them like I put in the work, right? Because the it's truth business. is, yeah, it's business, Darrell. Yeah. So when it comes to business, is anybody trying to invest in a business that's going to lose money? Nope. <laughs> You're going to go buy a stock that you know tomorrow's going to tank, right? No, <laughs> no. It's business. Everybody when and that's the part that I think a lot of people, you know. And, 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 and listen, man, I'm, I'm speaking from experience because when I was you younger, are, I didn't no, you think, are. You're, like this either. you're speaking from firsthand you know, experience because you are you've been signed, you've been in like that this. system, so you know. So, yeah. so and you, when I was younger, I wasn't like I am now mentally. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? like so, like when I would be in those meetings, I really didn't like. You know, I wasn't speaking too much. I was letting my managers and all the people yeah. talk. You know, I didn't wasn't even paying attention. I was just like, man, whatever, man. Where I gotta be? We doing do a show, <laughs> get paid, cool. Yeah. Like, but now, you know, it's business, man. Like. You know, you have to understand that it's a business conversation. Like, yeah. and, and you have to bring value to yep. business. Um, and you have to be able to, you know, show how's this bottom line going to look. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and, and are we going to be green or are we going to be, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, black or red? <laughs> right. you know what I mean? right. like, where, where are we going to be at? 
You know, nobody's investing in businesses that lose money. Nobody. There's nobody that's going to give you money and right. you tell them, hey, if you give me 500000 I'll give you fifty back. Right. Like, right. Well, it you, doesn't. It doesn't cool, work no that problem. way. No problem. Right. It's not gonna work that way. It doesn't so, work that way. You know, um, like, right? You're exactly right. So it's all about understanding your situation, <clears throat> understanding the leverage you have. So you know, the label, the label is is they have to justify, and this is why numbers matter on in that space because they got to justify. We're gonna give. If we're gonna give you fifty, if we're gonna give you fifty million dollars, we need to be able to justify that it's worth us giving you fifty million dollars. Now, if you're building your, if you're building your audience, right, and building the core, your audience don't give a shit about what your Spotify numbers say. They don't care. Like for you, they are just you. You saw a problem for them. They love you. So I always yeah, say, yeah, but that's uh, that's like Nipsey, yeah. right? He went and sold a thousand CDs for a hundred dollars. Now, yeah. granted. Jay-Z bought like 50 of them or whatever it was because yeah. he liked the hustle, right? So, but he was like, yo, man, I don't care if I got if I got a thousand real fans and they'll pay a hundred dollars for a CD and an autograph and to come to a show, I'm gonna make a hundred thousand. Right. right. But guess what I can do now? When I go sit down with Atlantic, they can't give me some bullshit deal and say, I'm gonna make you fifty thousand. I'm gonna be like, wow, I could just go sell a thousand CDs and make a hundred thousand. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I, I don't need that, that from you. I think, know, I, core, I, right, I think having that core, right? I think having that core matters. Having that core audience matters. Having an audience, you know, Torrin Lanes talked about when he was coming up, when he had to grind it out, right? So he had to grind it out. So he had a fan base, a supporter base that grew with him over time versus you coming out in the game and you just kind of shooting right up to the top. Nobody grinded with you yet. So it's like, yeah. so there's, a, there's something to be said about having an audience that grinds with you over time, because guess what? When you're not hot like Fish Grease no more, because there will come a time where you ain't hot like Fish Grease no more, right? Yeah. But those core like, those core fans, those core supporters, they still rocking with you. They'll still show to a yeah. show. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure right now, if you and Smiles want to go on, go on and do a little tour, you got people that's going to show up. You know, you got people yeah. that's going to show up. And if you guys see, look, man, let's go just see if, let's see if we can, just for fun, let's see if we're going to do this for a couple cities. Let's see, you know, yeah. just to see, yeah. see who would show up. You know, 20 years, like, kind of like a 20th anniversary thing. You guys might, you guys yeah. might want to do that. You know, I'm giving you the idea. You guys might want to see if that works. Yeah, we already, actually, we've already been talking kind of about that. I so think you guys, might, honestly, might you guys should. doing the works, for sure. You guys should. Especially, honestly, you, know. you guys should, for one for our city. I, I, I would love, I would love to see you guys. Yeah, we'll probably end up doing one. Well, I mean, it's in, the, it's definitely something yeah. I'm, I'm plotting already for, for You should, year. man, because... You mean a lot to me for our city. I got so much respect for you, man, because, again, very few people have done what you guys have done. And we, and the city need to give you your flowers while we still can because, again, there's something that was done with you guys in the urban space that was never done before. It wasn't done before you guys did it. So I think yeah. so we, we have... We, there, there's a segment of of people that still will show up to still will show up to see you guys and 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 I think you guys should definitely do that man for sure but um no but the the, the label the label at this point is, is a partner you know what I mean and you, and you should yeah. you should and you should look at you should look at the label as a partner versus okay are they going to do all the work to build me because see nowadays when you're building your audience. When you was coming out, bro, they wanted to see the finished product. It wasn't about the grind back then. It was like, we want to see the finished product for Smiles and Substance. We don't want to see the grind of them grind. Nobody cared about that back then. D 
these days when you're building your audience, they want to see you grind. They want to see grind. Mm -hmm. They want to see everything because they relate to that. The human experience relates to that. So that's why you can build these diehard fans because they come up with you. They watch you. They cry with you. They see all Mm -hmm. the things. And that's why that's way more important than trying to get a million people. If you can get if you can get five thousand people that spend a hundred dollars a year, that's five hundred thousand a year. Ten yeah. million people, I mean, ten thousand people, you had a million dollars. So yeah. those are smaller numbers that's doable if you know what you're doing. Yeah, you know it, it is, man. And and you know the cool part about the game today is there's there's opportunity for more people to make money. Exactly, doing music for a living. Exactly, you know. It's not wrong making 50 50 grand a year doing music. There's a lot of people that have regular jobs that exactly, exactly. It's work. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. Do do something you love to do, like have that opportunity nowadays to do that. You know, you have that opportunity, but it's you got to put in the work. It's a job. You know what I mean? And understand the business and understand how to how to generate those numbers. You know, understand it's not just about you know let's let's drop a record and put it on. So I get yeah. some streams. Right. Well, how many, do you know how much, do you know how much you get per stream? Do you know how many streams you need to make this amount? Right. You know, right. do you realize that it doesn't matter what the streams come from? Right. You know, if you, if you put out a hundred records today and you get a thousand streams, these that's a hundred thousand streams. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's only a thousand streams per record, but technically yeah. you get a hundred thousand streams. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that's, th- those are the things that I think if you, you know, if you learn that and, and you really, um, you know, learn how to master that part, man. Like, it's opportunity for people to make money, man. There is. Sure. And, and, that, age, and that's dope. Yeah. That's, age doesn't that's matter dope, anymore. You know? Age doesn't matter. There was a time where age mattered because it was about <laughs> volume back then. And they just didn't well, want to take, you didn't want to take chances well, on age, older artists. Nah, but the different, I, I won't say it's just that, though. I think the other thing with age, because a lot of people, we talk about age a lot, right? Especially with me being older and I'm like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. But there's, there's other, you know, rappers your age. And it's like, yeah, but you know, do I want to do it is also the question, right? Like, like, <laughs> I feel old. like I know what the work that has to go into. I'll probably be sleepy, you know? What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with hip hop is, you know, and I tell people this, I'm like, the reason that age doesn't, it's not that age doesn't matter. It does still, because it's still like basketball. It's still a young man's game. I see right? what you're right. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. But, but the hip hop, hip hop is older. Yeah. Hip hop's not as young as it was twenty years ago. Right. You know, hip hop, hip hop. You know, was birth, birth. Seventy nine is what they say. Seventy three. Right. Yeah. But it's really early, but seventy nine. You know, Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah. yeah. Commercial. Right. 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 But, right. Right. So let's just say 70, 79, 73. Well, let's go seventy three. Right. Okay. Well, seventy three to two thousand. That's only you know twenty seven years. Yeah. Well, seventy three to twenty twenty one. Now you're talking. Almost fifty. 50. Yeah, I was 50. So the audience that listen to hip hop is older. So so there's an older, there's a guy like me, because I listen to hip hop. Yeah. You know? So there's a guy like me that still likes the older guys that rap. Yeah. Where when I was coming out, it wasn't a 45-year-old, 50-year-old hip hop fan. They were like, nah. Very little. Right, right, right. Very little. There were, but it it wasn't as, you know, in that 50s or 60s. It wasn't as many people that were hip hop fans. Right now, you're starting to get 50s and 60 year olds that are hip hop fans, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing, and that's beautiful, like culture, man. Yeah. That's beautiful, yeah. and and that's that to me is like at the end of the day, it's like man, when I see where hip hop come and and how it continues to grow and it gets older and older, you know, like it it, it really is, man. It's like the new rock and roll, man. Like, yeah, yeah. 
You know, it is. Like it's, a, it, it, it's super dope, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. So <laughs> man, we're going we're gonna to end this here in a few minutes. So, so what's next for you, man? What do you, what you got going on right now? Um, man, I do a lot of different things, man. Um, you know, I just opened, uh, we just opened a mortgage office downtown in Orlando, um, and a couple guys of mine. So I've been doing, I've been in the mortgage business and and for about 11 years now, since 2010, kind of, kind of was like the thing I got into after, you know, music, um, because I kind of enjoyed, you know, just learning about finances, you know, and I wish I knew it younger, you know, when I was doing music, because then, you know, I probably would have been investing a little better. Yeah. Um, instead of buying jerseys, I probably would buy stock. Stock. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you had some but, dope jerseys, bro. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they didn't. They didn't My increase God. in value like like the stock. Right. Right. That I, right. That right, right. 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 You know, but you know, I just got into that, and and you know, I started getting into doing uh, lending and um, you know working with um, you know wealth management clients and financial advisors, and you know, I just enjoyed that world because I got to learn a lot as well. Um, okay. So I, so I do that. Um, I also coach. I actually just took a coaching job at a Coey High School doing high school basketball. So I'll be doing high school basketball this fall. Basketball is another big passion of mine. That's dope. It's always man. been something. Congratulations. Um, thank you, man. It's basketball, music, and basketball have always been my main two passions. I grew up playing basketball in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, you know, everyone wants to play in the NBA, but again, I'm like, I'm Asian. Right, I'm right, right. Get there. There was no Jeremy Lin um, back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was no Jeremy Lin back then. And um, yeah. yeah, so I'm 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 coaching high school basketball. Um you know, I run a golf league. You know, I got into golfing because I can't play basketball like I would like to, but I'm still competitive. So I try <laughs> okay. to do the other thing. And I'm terrible at golf. One thing about golf is you're never going to be like master it. Yeah. Which is probably why I love it because it's so challenging that I'm dying to master something <laughs> I, I will never master that, because yeah, of my competitiveness. That's what I've heard. You know, yeah. um, but it's super fun, man. I get to meet a lot of people out there, network, and uh, and, it, and it's, it's, it's really dope, man. So, I don't know anyone listening on here. I don't know if you golf, man, but if you golf, you want to join a league, hit me up. It's called Flog. Um, you know, if you need a mortgage, you need lending, hit me up. Um, but other than that, too, man, high school basketball, man, Coley High School. I'll be there this fall, uh, varsity assistant, coaching the freshman team as well. That's um, awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. man, just doing. You know, for me, you know, it's you know, it, it, at at my at my stage of my life, man. I think you know, it's. You know, you got to make money. Yes. You know, it's, but it's not about the money. You know, it's about doing something you enjoy doing and um, and something that's rewarding. And exactly. I think that's what um, the, you know, coaching kids and coaching the basketball um, does for me. Well, definitely giving back to young people and and, and, and and yeah, making a difference, man. I mean, that's why I love what I do, you know, making a difference in creatives and doing what I do, bro. Truth is, there's nobody like me having a disability in the space so i thought i'm blazing trails out here like the relationships that i have globally around the world what i'm doing like it feels good to know that people i've earned respect of my colleagues and friends such as yourself that know what i'm yeah. doing that, that watch me to say you know what they, you may not talk every day you're not talking every day but i know you've been we've been rocking together for years i know you for years you know what i mean yeah. and, 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 and and to know that i have the respect of the people who do that that uh that 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 I want to have that I want to 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 be around in my circle means a lot to me, man. The fact that I can help artists become global means a lot to me. So yeah. you gotta you gotta find something you love to do. I think some people who go through life, they don't have find something they love doing. And I think with you, if you're fortunate enough to do that, man, yeah, you know, man. money's a byproduct. Money's just a byproduct of hard work, man. You could never do something just yeah, like man. 
yeah, you don't take, you know, you can't take money with you, man. But you yeah. know, the memories will last forever, and and be able to do, you know, affect people's lives that last forever. Um, you know, and and honestly, man, like I look at my, I I think back about all the things I've done, man, and I'm just like, man, I'm like super blessed. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. able to do music like at the highest at level. a high level at a high le- yeah. at a high yeah. level bro at a like, high level like literally yeah. you know the mba of music i made the mba yeah music, you did right? you did you um, did so you know be able to do that for you know as, as a part of my life and then now to circle all the way back and be able to do something else that i've always been passionate about you know hey i can't ask for more man i'm blessed man and yeah. and and, you know, exactly. Just, just, exactly. Just enjoying it. Exactly. So, where can it, where can they find you, man? Where can where, where can people find you? They want to connect to you, your socials, all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram is I am Rob Campman, Campman. Um, you know, that's pretty much my handle on everything, man. Twitter, you know, Facebook. You can find me on there, man. I'm, I'm all over the place, man. But cool, you know, man. social media. That's a, that's one thing too. I, I I will say this, man. I I. With me not doing music as much as right. I used to, right. I'm I'm definitely not as active on social media as I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but okay. you would definitely reach me on there because I do definitely you know check in every day and just yeah, browse yeah. around and every now and then post something. But <laughs> but um and I but but I know I actually use my platforms for a lot of the other things I do now. You know basketball, lending, you know golf league. I use it. You know it's all to me. It's all the same thing. It's all it, it's right. just a different product. You know, right, it's right, all marketing. Right. It's all different products. So right. Um, but now check me out on their Instagram. I am Rob Campman. Um, Facebook is Rob Campman. Twitter is I am Rob Campman. I'm on I'm on all three of those, man. Cool, man. Bro, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for being my guest today on the podcast. Guys, it's been the Encouragers by Podcast. This is episode 20. Let me make sure I get this right. <laughs> episode 23. With, with oh, my I guy. got the Jordan episode. Yeah, your up, Jordan baby. episode, man. Hey. <laughs> so, guys, it's your or, the, or the LeBron episode for the exactly guys. either one works, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> to next time, guys, this is your host, Darrell Pitt. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.